Welcome, welcome. It is the Mind Matters Podcast Show, and we want to welcome everybody to the show. Uh, we are wishing you guys a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday uh, season. I am LeVar Ellis, our youth activist and community activist, and we also have here Dr. P. Dr. P. Ryan, Rashida P. Ryan, also known as Dr. P, licensed clinical psychologist. I'm getting tongue-tied. And then, um, and then we also have my, right. my man, David, what's going on, brother? These people thought you wasn't here, but you are here. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. How y'all doing, man? Nice of y'all to join us. And we're going we gonna to get it off to the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are glad that um, everybody has stayed tuned in. We um, are ready to talk about all this wonderful information that we have as it relates to uh, mental health and wellness. And we also have a special guest that we will introduce here a little later in the show. But uh, as you heard my man David say, we want to get right into it. And, um, you know, most importantly, like I said, I hope everybody has a very wonderful holiday season and time with your families and with yourself and just doing those things that are important and that makes you happy. So, Dr. P, what you got for us this morning? Um, oh, this, yeah. this evening. This evening. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say um, today is a good day. Every day is a good day. Every day is a blessing. I want people to remember that um, these last few weeks, um, you know, for, for a lot of people's holiday time, as we talked about in the last couple of shows, it can be ups and downs for people, in particular if you lost family members and this is a hard time of year, um, or just you're just not a big holiday person. So I'm hoping that everyone is engaged in self-care, as I have encouraged you all to do. So um, definitely, I think everybody who's been watching us, um, I know I heard that last week was a good show for people, so we want to continue to bring you some fun, interactive, and at the same time, uh, serious about mental health and wellness because that is the goal absolutely absolutely mr david what do you have brother um i'm just excited about life liberty and the pursuit um i i did uh like i told y'all uh earlier i did want to get into a little bit about you know the um the split between megan good and, and her husband um just from the just from the standpoint um of I, I think that people are very um, narrow in the way that they appreciate uh, a relationship. Um, I find that if we don't die together, then people devalue what we had. Um, 
I think that if the 10th year we get a divorce, this is not to say that nine years I wasted my life. Um, and, and, and sometimes I think that after we terminated, it's like a flush, like it was all crap. And I think it just does, it, it does us a disservice on so many different levels. Like um, it, it makes you question your own decision-making. Like, cause if you say that for 10 years, I stayed with this person and the 10th year was crap, but obviously our 10 was crap. It, it, it kind of begs the question, why would you do this to you? Um, it, 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 it devalues the other person. Um, because they do matter. Even if uh, I wasn't a good uh, woman or man for you, this does not devalue or disqualify me from being, you know, a solid man or woman for somebody else. Um, it, it, to me, it's detrimental on multiple fronts. Um, one of them is it's it's impossible to believe that anything lasts forever. Um, I just think that's uh, fantastical thinking. Like that's that's not really based in realistic anything uh you take care of a beautiful plant you have a beautiful home like all things corrode and rebirth like it, it that is the nature of life so for two people and you know they was given a hard time because they you know they challenge other couples and they try to guide other couples and, yeah. and counsel other couples to do better and if we if we reach for something so positive and so you know um and so uh forward thinking um, if we don't make it, I don't know if that's the right time for people to ridicule. Like, I just don't, I don't know if, if me trying to make everybody billionaires and I didn't do it, but I gave it my best shot. I don't know if that's, I look, I told you, you wasn't going to make everybody. Like, I don't know if that's the answer. Like, I kind of feel for both individuals, like that they would have to go through something like this because they were just ambitious uh, for other people's relationship. You know, they could have kept theirs their own. You know, they didn't have to share. They didn't have to let people in. And unfortunately, you know, it's not forever, you know, as as other people would like. But it's, it's sad to see, you know, that because we didn't last forever we are nothing or we had nothing. And that's not them. That's I'm talking about other people's understanding. Yeah, yeah, I think your point is valid in the sense of, and this is kind of what I was talking about right before the show. And when we, when we talk about, you know, mental health and wellness and, of course, relationships, all of that is that you have ups and downs regardless. That even with all the knowledge that you might have, you still might have days where it doesn't work for you. You know what I mean? Like, even as a therapist, I have my bad days. Even though I know what I can do to heal. Does that make me less of a therapist because, I, you know, I go through a bout of depression? Just like what you, you know, alluding to with this couple who did a lot of, you know, um, uh, I guess counseling other couples and people starting to feel like, well, how can you counsel us if you're not, um, you know, if you yourself can't make it work? And I, so I'm glad you are bringing it up because you are putting a different spin on it in a sense that even though in the end they did not work, and we don't know, of course, all the variables why it didn't work, doesn't mean that the advice they gave you didn't work for you. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And my take on that too, as well, is it, it kind of, takes me back to the interview I had earlier, and I'm going to address that again um, as it pertains to this couple being Megan Good and what's the guy's name? Franklin, Franklin. Devon Franklin. You know, we we have to learn from every experience, and, and you're kind of saying that a little bit too. Um, we have to take from that experience what we were supposed to get. What was the lesson that we were supposed to learn? What did we uh, gain from going through that experience and what made us better and things like that? And and David, I think that's absolutely correct because we don't look at it that way, then that becomes an issue and we didn't really learn what we need to learn or, or we're not focused on uh, the silver lining in, in the lesson, you know, or 
relationship because it did something to you. You know, it absolutely gave you something. Um, so, you know, and then the other thing, like you say, everything doesn't last forever. You know, that, that'll be hard to believe. You know, when you sit and you really think about it, nothing's going to last forever. We all have relationships. We all probably have that one person we let go, you know. Um, and then you shout out to Instagram. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we definitely have to take from our life experiences because we are just a sum total of everything that we've been through, you know. Um, so that's that's an important factor, too. We were the sum that sum total of what we've been through. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It also it also it also highlights um, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, depression is, you know, steadily increasing, because it also mm -hmm. highlights how unrealistic we have um, relationship expectations, um, how kind of distorted uh, they really are. Um, not saying that we're looking for the perfect partner, but if I can be fair, we almost are. Um, a person can tell you a longer list of what they will not tolerate and what they despise and hate more than they can tell you what they're into more than they can tell you what they would like. Um, very detailed. And when I say specificity, I mean specificity. Um, and, and, and I think, I think that, I think that highlights like, you know, the, like, uh, if I can, if I can use like a psychology analogy, um, you know, in, in the beginning, psychology was kind of focus on like uh, internal cognition, uh, that's perception, memory, you know, stuff like that, uh, feeling and emotion. Um, and then we kind of got to a more, um, uh, and, and that was pathological, like what's wrong with you as a form of uh, what is Freud's thing, uh, neuroticism. Um, but that fourth or fifth wave of psychology, which is positive psychology, you know, they, they kind of focus, we still talking about an issue, but we focusing it on your strengths. And, and and part of it is I think that people have that type of understanding where right now the focus is on pathology, like the focus is on relationship, but from a negative standpoint, so to speak, um, not so much on um, uh, this person compliments me. Um, people, people, people speak on relationship in a very severe and extreme way. Um, listening to um two people they had a podcast a couple days ago and they were talking about how you know a woman should do all of these things and how men should do all of these other things and it was no space for compromise like it was no space for can we talk about it um you know because one of the ladies made a point and she said um i don't like for men to take out my trash and, you know, they were kind of confused as to why, you know, that's a man's thing. He's supposed to take out. And she said, well, when my when my when my uh, when my daddy left us when we were kids, my mom told me, you make sure you take out your own trash. And maybe mom meant it metaphorically, you know, which was something else they said. But she kind of stuck in that space like, no, nah, I'm going to take out my own trash like every time I'm a, like he can wash my car. He can pump my gas. He can. He can do all these other things that, you know, make him feel manly. But this is what I learned from, you know, my space, from my upbringing. As, as he said, we are the sum of our experiences, what I learned from my familial culture. And it's I'm not going to say that that's a that's a that's a um, that's a negative piece. I'm going to say that that's a piece that's often missed. That's a piece that because you're going through what you're going through and I'm going through what I'm going through, we generally don't care about. And because we don't really see each other in relationships and I'm going for an artifact, like I'm going for stats. 
uh dark skin uh nice looking uh make x amount of money like i'm going for stats more than i see the person i i have a person if that makes sense and and i it's relationships are the crux of this generation so it's like it's it's one of the bigger things that i focus on because i find that if you had better partners if you had better friends you wouldn't need as many psychologists and therapists as you have like like if like if like if my partner or my best friend heard me i wouldn't need to pay a stranger 150 dollars an hour to hear me yep. yeah it goes back to something else i was talking this morning whether you're talking about parenting or whether you're talking about relationship it starts at home um we we, we got to focus on ourselves and, and and another that's another reason um for this show you know we got to <laughs> take the mental health seriously you know and it really does start at home whether you're your parenting or whether you're talking about relationships so that's kind of what i get from yeah. from this whole little conversation uh yeah. Dr. you have anything on that no i'm just uh no i really don't i mean i think david you brought in some um very valid points about um which i one of the reasons why of course we're doing this this podcast is the whole you know to get us better at it so even though i'm a psychologist and you're a therapist and we want our patient at the same time if people can heal thyself that's the ultimate goal. We have a, you know, a healthier, better, you know, world if everyone could just focus on, you know, how to be better people, how to be better communicators, be better relationships, and all, you know, such like, and stop condemning other people for the choices and different things that they're going through. Um, I think it's a good time to talk about. Yes. The, pass the notes over here. No, no, no. Hold on, because I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this to that because, especially in the context of relationships. So, mm -hmm. you know, we take the example that we started the podcast with, which is uh, uh, the, 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 the couple that is uh, soon to be divorced. And then we juxtapose that. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, story that came out this week or last week about uh, Stephen Curry and his lady uh, possibly oh, being having an open marriage. Open and, 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 you know, part of that backlash was uh, that's not how it goes. This is not what you're supposed to do. You know, part of a relationship is between two, just because of a relationship between yeah. two people, we can explore however we want. Yeah, how want to this, yeah. is, this is not me um, in support or against. This is me saying uh, 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 similar to the LGBTQ community where people find themselves. You have to appreciate that. Where people are comfortable. Where, where we're not harming anyone else and where and mm -hmm. where this person has has consent uh you have to appreciate that this is not saying that oh because we are uh, yeah. uh, uh open to it then you got to be pro it this is not saying that but this is saying that if people have a right to be lgbtqai if they have a right to do that then at the same time you have to allow people to have relationships that will uh uh, be outside of the box that will not be in traditional uh, and for those of us who have so much critique about relationships it's also fair to say who are we to say that these relationships don't work who are we to say that you know this this won't make it to that proverbial end that people want it to be as it relates to forever yeah that 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 brings up some interesting things in my mind but i don't i don't want to dive that deep right now but i definitely hear what you're saying but I think it speaks to this, and I don't know if you want to yeah. address that right now. Um, and this is kind of in recap and, and also preening the conversations we'll continue to have here. But um, last week, just like as a short recap, we talked about 
Maslow um, hierarchy of needs. And so that you can kind of go over that again. Yeah, just real briefly because you know, going, it, again, it coincides with exactly what David is talking about. When we do the hierarchy of needs. This is a philosopher or a psychologist um, by the name of Maslow who believes people are basically born good, but different life experiences might lead them off that path of, of good or making bad choices, if you will. And with the hierarchy, with the bottom being, you know, uh, thirst, hunger, having that need to be met. Next is safety, feeling safe and secure. Next is love and belongingness. That goes to the relationship that you're talking about. And then self-esteem. How do you feel about yourself as a person? You know, do you, do you feel confident in your abilities as an individual? And then ultimately it's self-actualization. That's your best possible self, which means all your other needs have been met. And this is you now, like, this is my best self ever. And so... We want to talk about it in light of, um, you know, we have a special guest today, and we want to talk about just that whole process of being your best self and all the different things and trials that you go through. And any time that you are dealing with mental health challenges or mental illness, often those lower needs have not been met. So even if you met it at one point, you might be at a, at a, a stage in life where it's not being met again. So it doesn't mean once you've met it, it's done. It's just life, as you know, has ups and downs, ebbs and flows. And so... We're going to talk about, you know, what that means. So I'm going to go ahead and just let LaVar introduce. Yeah, and before we do that, um, David, I wanted to give you an opportunity to, if you had any type of wrap-up or anything uh, that you wanted to do, or if there was any other subject you wanted to cover before we move to, I guess I would say, our main topic. No, 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 no. That that just was on my mind. Uh, we probably can hit on relationships every single time. Uh, yeah. They, they... They, they are the foundation of any type of society. The first institution is family. And if you can't start family without the two people that have the kids. So like the, the relationships today, um, you know, even for us to appreciate that organized marriages uh, last longer or are <laughs> more um, successful, if you will, than, you know, when we get to pick. Good decision making sales. So yeah, it's we can get into this all the time. I just you know it's no, it's that was, good. That, was, that was what's going on in the world. And that's what you know, again, we want to show about everyday life. And so yeah, yeah. And then also too briefly, um, you know, we talk about the show being heavy and the topic I want to talk about um sometime in the future, but I, I just want to give a couple shouts out to a few people who again in this time of the holiday season have lost have lost loved ones. Uh, one being a, a great childhood friend of mine um, who uh, he lost his brother uh, this past week. And we're going to have services for him um, on this coming Wednesday. So um, as we say, RIP to Mr. Derek Clifton and shouts out to Darren Clifton, his brother, a close, close friend of mine. We all grew up together, corporate drive. Um, you know, shout out to everybody on 7700, man. I mean, losing somebody during this time, I made a statement on the post. It's like, you know, it's always tough losing somebody, but in this time of season where you're just supposed to be happy, everything's supposed to be good. It made me start thinking about losing people during this time and, and what that does to your mental health and, you know, how that disturbs and disrupts uh, families just across the board. You know, um, then uh, we were getting ready for a toy drive today. And uh, one of the main, um, I guess, uh, contributors to the fundraiser, I mean, to the toy drive was supposed to be at our show earlier. And uh, late last night, he went to go visit his dad found his dad dead. So, oh, man, wow. shouts out to my boy, Big Larry, you know, and everything he's doing. We appreciate you. Um, we had to kind of shift that whole situation to further this evening. So, um, shouts out to the Holloman family. You know, I know it's tough losing y'all dad, you know, seeing all the brothers mm -hmm. and the sisters come together. Um, that was amazing. 
Um, and everybody's on a journey, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And, and getting to that self-accusation um, is, is really what the pursuit is really all about, you know? Um, and, and I just hope and pray that if you're someone who has lost somebody, you're at an anniversary of losing somebody during this time, um, I just wish you all the love um, and the peace and the understanding that you can get from the higher up so that way you can get through these times and have the understanding that you need. Um, you know, and, and so that goes to anybody, you know, that has lost these people. But um, those are the two families that are like, you know, it's those really are like my brothers. You know, they can't get no closer than being my biological brothers, you know. And so these families are affected during this time and people are still trying to give back and do certain things and all those things get disrupted. And, uh, you know, as far as Derek and the Clifton family, shouts out to the mother because she's lost her son. That's tough. Um, as far as the Holloman family, them losing their their matriarch of the family, uh, a patriarch of the family. I'm sorry. Um, I know that's tough. You know, so it's just different dynamics on both sides, man. Um, so I definitely want to want to just give all my blessings and condolences to those two families. Um, and then on a lighter note, uh, big, big, big shouts out. Um, I'm going to have my man come up here, too. Today is his birthday. A good childhood friend of mine. His name is Nick T. Um, his, his son is named Champ. His son has autism. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that I used to pick up before school every day, you know, treat him like a little brother, let him ride with me. You know, you ain't got to walk home, all this stuff. And, um, you know, woke up this morning and uh, I knew it was his birthday. But then when I got on Facebook, you know, people are already talking to him, saying happy birthday and stuff like that. So I gave him a call. And, um, you know, I basically told him, man, look, the only thing that I can really wish for you is that you receive all the love, all the respect that you show every day. Not only as a father dealing with a kid with autism who's uh, nonverbal, um, but just all the love that you show to all the people that's in your life. And you get that 10 times more on today. So I hope today has been a great day for you, Nick. I don't know if you're watching right now. We talk. I know what we talked about. But uh, just want to let you know I'm still thinking about you, man. And um, we know that, 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 that being a parent of an autistic child, a child that's nonverbal, that's tough. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole nother uh, uh, conversation when it comes to mental health. Yeah. But when I tell you this dude is the real deal, man, super dad, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And he he respects what I'm doing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. bro, because I didn't even know. It's one of those kids. Mm -hmm. we, we grew up together and then we lost contact for a little while. And, you know, Facebook, bring you back to everybody. We got connected. I'm like, oh, man, your son. And I'm seeing him letting his son have a ball with his life, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when I found out the information, I'm like, oh, my God, like that's that's crazy. You know, you can't even have those special moments, you know, as, as another parent would. But anyway, let me get this show going, man. Much respect to you, Nick T. Condolences and much love and prayer to the two families that I mentioned. Um, so we want to get into um, our special guest and uh, I'm going to put some graphics up and uh, introduce this young man who is the, and this is my words, he's the epitome of, um, I guess I'll just say mental health, you know, and all these experiences and all these different life uh, situations and, and, and traumatic experiences and, and getting through it and still standing tall and most importantly, being brave enough to talk about it. Um, if you want to get a full rundown um, on that, number one, you want to get the book that we'll be talking about here in just a minute. But number two, you can go back and watch my podcast show from this morning, get the full interview with my man, Mr. Dexter A. Powell. Um, we're going to bring him into the shot. Um, I'll put these graphics up. And uh, we're going to welcome him onto the show as we get ready to talk about all things uh, dealing with mental health and wellness and how it affected him. This young man is doing some wonderful work um, in the community. He is from um, 
I'll say he's from all over the U.S., but uh, he's, he's recently here from, is it Michigan, right? Um, Michigan, and um, he's given away uh, thousands of copies of the book. The goal is to give away a million copies of this book. And yes, I did say give away a million copies. Young King, take your stand. Um, this is his life story. Um, and when you read it, it's written in a way that uh, it, it makes you uh, anticipate, you know, it makes you want to keep reading. Uh, myself, I read it from cover to cover on yesterday. Dr. P read it from cover to cover today uh, just to get prepared for these uh, situations. So um, I'd like to introduce and reintroduce to a few uh, Mr. Dexter A. Powell. And uh, I wish David was here, but he's, he's on the screen, man. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, it, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be in the presence of um, individuals who are speaking about mental health and trying to drive this conversation and, and change lives. You know? Absolutely. And I also Absolutely. want to give an acknowledgement that Dex is our very first guest. Yeah. So, yeah, very oh, first wow. guest yeah. on our wow. show on the Mind Matters podcast. And we thought it was very important that, you know, you speak and we, you know, the boy talk to you and got a sense of, you know, your goal is about mental health and wellness yeah. and then reading your book, we were like, the perfect person. Yes, right. So welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. What an honor. Absolutely. So, I, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I wish we could go through the book, but we're not going to do that. We're going to talk more from the mental health aspect of it uh, today. But I want to allow you to introduce yourself and give whatever introduction you'd like. Um, and we've both read the book. And I know David hadn't yet, but he will. Um, and, and then we'll kind of throw out some things that we want to talk about as it relates to mental health, as it relates to the book and also yourself. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about, you know, from yes. whatever aspect you want to. So my name is um, Dexter Allen Powell Jr. and I'm 39 years old. And I'm at this, I have one daughter, 20 years old. I've, uh, um, I've been married for 16 years. And um, and in that, um, over the course of um, my life, from early on, I grew up as a in a military household. And so I moved around a lot, um, was never truly establishing friendships. Um, but bigger than that, one of the things that I dealt with was um, pain early on as a child, you know, um, depression early. And I began to deal with that by um, food. Food was my um, first drug of choice. It was my gateway drug. I felt satisfaction um, in eating. It, it's, you know, I say that, that the, the cortisol that would flow um, through in my mind, you know, the moment that I would chew, like, like that was my life. And the older that I got, the bigger that I got, the more um, that I was bullied. And the more that I was um, bullied, the more I internalized um, the things that were being said to me, the labels that were putting that that people were placing on me, I believed to be my truth. And over the course of you know, um, in, in my book, I talk about a, my decision that I made in 12 years old that got me thrown into the system. But before I ever even went into the system, I was a broken kid. Mm -hmm. I was a broken kid already who who was. Um, Sad, was hopeless that my parents, you know, that they had got divorced. Um, my mom was bringing in another man into the relationship. It was a shock to my system. Everything that was happening to me, um, I didn't feel really seen even early on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was because of my own 
um, when I looked in the mirror, I was reminded constantly that I'm getting bigger, that I can't fit the clothes, that I can't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, over the course of um, aging, the things that I dealt with mentally became worse. The the older that I got, I was um, constantly self-harming, mm -hmm. trying to to find um, attention for one, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like if I was hurting myself, if I was doing something to bring attention to me, whether it would be from my parents, whether it would be from an authority figure, I was doing that because I was I was hurting and I felt lost early on. Let me ask you this: as you said as a child, like we mm -hmm. talked about being sad, and what, do it slide over okay. a little bit. Yeah, there you okay. go. That's good. At what point did you recognize that I'm feeling sad? Because I know you're speaking as an adult, looking back as a child. Because I really want people to understand that you know all the emotions we feel are real. So as far as you can recall, at what point did you like and you know, and did you know what was making you sad? I know you talk about your parents' marriage not working, mm -hmm. but were there any other factors you can think of that made you just feel sad? Yeah, even before that, like I remember being in um, Germany mm -hmm. and and in times where, like my dad going on, um, you know, like TDY mm -hmm. and and things like that, and not being there in the house, like those are moments that I still remember and I remember acting out um, in in school in those moments and like him getting called you know like like yo your son is tripping out here doing the craziest stuff because he's seeking and searching for something and we don't know why he's doing the things he's doing but I was always um, into something yeah you know what I mean I mean yeah and David I'm 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 trying to do my part, David, in, in keeping an eye on you, but I'm also keeping you on mute just to kind of minimize the back noise. Did you have anything you wanted to throw in? At I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay, brother. Okay. And so, you know, like you said, you recognize you were feeling something. It didn't matter if it was negative attention or mm -hmm. not. I do, and I want people to understand that. I always say this. I've I worked with kids. That's mostly my experience. And when it, I always say this when a child sits in front of me, I'll say, you don't want to be in trouble all the time, do you? And they always say no. But you still do things to get in trouble. No child wants to be in trouble every day or most days. They don't. Most children want good praise. But if they're lacking attention, they'll do whatever it takes to get that attention. Whether it's good, bad, indifferent, they'll do whatever it takes. And so that's the, and I'm glad you, you, you know, you are um, saying that because what I know, and this is this is for the parents, this is not to, you know, make parents feel bad or get people think any kind of way, but it's the truth. In my experience, when I work with kids, nine times out of 10, it's something dealing with the parents that's causing the issue for their children. So it's really important that if you are a parent to check in with your child to make sure that your choice, your personal choices are not impacting your child as much as you can. Absolutely. And, I and, like and, and they are, and they are impacting mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. um, part of part of what that is that you that you that you poking at dr p is the um we can say it's the third level of maslow's we can say mm -hmm. it's the sense of belonging I would, yeah. I would i would i would probably more accurately say um like what you said about attention but it's it's part of being seen that's like validation yeah and yeah. it's like it, and this is sad some kids don't get talked to unless it's negative and that's true. 
they can do the right thing all day and mm -hmm. they're missed mm -hmm. because it's, it's what you're supposed to do. It's what is expected in this household. But the time you do something outside of what we have standardized as the norm, this is when I confront you. This is when we have conflict. This is when your stress level go high. This is when you start dripping cortisol like this is when you start being not okay. And then it's it's a negative feedback loop because it's also like, I don't want to get yelled at. I don't want to be on punishment. These are the worst things that can happen to me. I do not want my cell phone taken away. And how else am I to be seen? Yeah. Like if I don't do the if I don't act now, if I don't act out, nobody will talk to me. Yeah. And then and 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 as we get older and older, you know, uh from and we we we'd appreciate it from a group context. As we get older and older, and people start identifying you as the bad kid, mm -hmm. and then it becomes a self self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Like, because if I'm not bad, then who am I? Now I have identity. Mm -hmm. And if and if I drop this feature of my identity, now who am I? Mm -hmm. I'm not athletic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, yeah. David, you got to read the book, man. It is, you, you're, you're, you're dead on, you know, it, it, you're dead on. And, and I, I want to, I want to also um, kind of dive, I guess I would say more into the book because this audience is a little bit different than the earlier audience um, and, and give them the content so they can, really be like, wow, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing I'd like to do is we also have uh, Mr. Dex Powell, I guess the senior, right, in the audience, uh, or, uh, I guess I would say in the studio with us too. So I um, want to give him a hand, appreciate him being here. And then your wife made a comment, um, uh, Ms. Bree, uh, she she said, um, she said it's the transparency for me. I don't know if y'all <laughs> saw that. Uh, that's his wife. And mm -hmm. um, it's that for me too, you know, because I told you earlier to be, bold enough, man, to to own the things that you've done to, yeah, I did that. Yes, this is me. Um, to, to just tell this story that you told and then to put it in a book and leave the legacy. And, we, you know, we've talked about all these different things that we're going to do and how we're going to try to spread this word. Um, that's an amazing feat just within itself, you know. And, and again, that's just my opinion. But um, I kind of like I guess I like kind of skip through the story and give a quick summary so our audience can understand what's going on. Um, and, you know, we've already talked about how he grew up and who he was and um, the decision came at 12 years old mm -hmm. for you to make a bad decision. And um, it, it curved his life for the next 25 years mm -hmm. to um, to be in situations where you had different addictions. Excuse me. We talked about. Um, him having addictive uh, personality, yeah, yeah. he agreed to that. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. And uh, David, we also, uh, before I get off into that, um, David is the person that made the comment about attaching kids to the future oh, when yeah, we're talking okay. to kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. And so, David, if you want to express that a little bit more, but we were having a conversation earlier, and uh, in talking to these kids, it's important that we attach them to something in the future. You know, when you're talking to them and you're you're trying to get them to have some hope and some belief, you got to put them and project them into that future. So we covered that earlier this morning, man, and I appreciate you for that. And so I shared that with uh, Mr. Powell as well. Um, but yeah, so getting back to the book, um, I, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. You can jump in at any point you want. Um, this young man made a, a decision after not wanting to get in trouble at home. Simply like the things we're talking about right now, my man. Whooping, man. Yeah, just the trouble. He didn't want no whooping. whooping. He didn't want to go home for a whooping, right? So you know, he's the man of the house. Uh, mom has a new husband. You know, dad's right here. He, man, he, that ain't my daddy. Who are you? I'm the man of the house now. You know, I'm 12 years old. Mama got a new man. We not doing this. You know, and this guy, he was, was he? Yeah, he was military too. He was from the Air Force. Strict. Would you say he 
wasn't a bad guy. Yeah, it was just, he's just strict. Just strict. Yeah. You know, and um, I would venture to say it didn't really mean him no harm, him or his mm-hmm. brother. And, uh, you know, a situation where, you know, he had a food addiction already. So they have fundraiser. He stole the money, went to school. He's looking for people to be happy. He's, we'll go to the grocery store, taking food from the grocery store. But this day he was able to go and buy food, had a backpack full of food and went into school. He passed out. He the candy man, the you man know, yeah, they made yeah. him feel good. The girls looking at him and this, that and the other. And um, it, it, it drew down to mom came to the school and, and busted him basically. And she chose to plant that fear that we all do as parents. You know, when you get home, you get home. when you get home, um, and that's the question I kind of like to talk about. We probably have to do it at a different time. Should we do that, right? Listen to your story. It's like now as a parent. No, that's should... been a, a young man that I know that killed himself because he was afraid of going home at 11. Yeah. So there is a real fear in that. They yeah. said parents don't really understand. understand you know, and it, it's, it's, it's like yeah. tipping the scale, man. You yeah. you got to you gotta do something as a parent. But yeah. it's like, what do you do? Yeah. So anyway. Uh, mom came to school, planted the ultimate fear, and you're going to see Mr. Bell when you get home, which was the new husband, or soon-to-be husband, um, which that was another thing when the mom, I'm not hiding nothing. She told him we're going to get married. Um, that was the worst thing she could have said. Now he's not feeling love, and this, that, and the other. Go home. He's premeditating everything. What are you going to do? He's trying to come up with an idea to not get this whooping. Mm-hmm. I'll let you take over from there, you know, so um, and, and the way I'm saying it, I'm trying to do it with uh, anticipation. This is how the book, book reads. It, it keeps you locked in. Um, and his brother was following him home. Brother was ready to go back to the store, not knowing that the money was taken. And um, he's telling his brother, he already know what he want to do. He's telling the brother to go on, get on, whatever, whatever. And he, he get on his block. He sees somebody that he plays with, his friend, came up with an idea. So what did you decide to do, Dex? Yeah, so at this point, um, I decided that what is the fastest way that I could go to jail? And I thought that I had to um, stab someone, you know? I mean, and it was my friend, like like a kid in my neighborhood, my across the street neighbor that I played with often. And I grabbed a kitchen knife and my brother was trying to stop me. And I literally went across the street with a one track mind to create this um, event that was going to get me arrested and and i did that you know i went over and i um you asked to be invited yeah asked to be invited into the yard and they were playing baseball and i i went in there and i slashed him um in his back and he started screaming he his mom came out they called the police you know and literally within minutes i was in handcuffs and when they put me in handcuffs, it was right at the point when my mother was pulling down the street and coming home. And she sees me standing out there in the yard, cuffed up, and I just start screaming like, mom, you know, please make them take these handcuffs off of me. And I was charged at 12 years old with assault with a deadly weapon, attempt to do great bodily harm. And um, and so it's California felony that at the time, the judge was threatening to um, keep me locked up in the California Youth Authority until I was 26 years old. And, and he was 12 at the time. I was 12, yeah. And so so to think that um, all of these different things, like like even from early on, I, I, I was still rebelling, like even when I went into the system, because I thought that that was, at this point now, um, 
I didn't want to get a whooping. So I thought the grass would be greener on the other side. Um, now I'm on the other side, and I know that the grass is not greener because the food options are, are not what I thought they were going to be. But also, I felt um, I felt safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt safe. I felt safe being locked up. Like I did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and dang, that's crazy. Yeah, that just, that just hit me. Like, like, yeah. But I'm just saying, it just, I never said that before. Yeah. Um, until just that moment, I was like, dang, when I went in there, the conditions weren't right, but it was almost like I still did not want to like be sent home at that yeah. point. You know, yeah. but I still felt like there was a whip in there. And right. I still, you know, yeah. And, and it's it not crazy. It, it kind of points to the thing that adults want to forget and the things that children know that mm -hmm. getting whoopings is traumatizing it is it really this is. is why that is not crazy because if i am guaranteed to hurt to be injured to be harmed to be maimed like if all this is guaranteed any way i can avoid this i am that's actually if we can be fair that's actually logical that actually makes the most sense. What can I do to avoid something that I like? This other thing may be bad, but I'm avoiding something that I know without a shadow of a doubt is bad. This other thing possibly is not good for me. It could I could I could hate it when I get there. But something else I know is the worst is getting beat, is getting backhand, is getting punched in the chest, is getting and what we don't appreciate about that because. You know, we feel like you got to do it. It's remnants of slavery. We're not finna get into it. But, but what we don't appreciate about it is like we don't treat the kid like a person. And that's what I heard in that in that threat that you said about uh, when I get home, because I was thinking to any adult. No one would talk to them like that. You know what? I got an attitude with you, Dr. P. Uh, when you get off, I'm going to see you. You don't talk to adults like that. That's like a and problem. That's where that comes from, you know. Mm -hmm. he, he, that's where that, I'm a grown. I'm grown. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't talk to me like you know what I'm saying. And, because it, and there's it, no way to talk to people like yeah. we know you don't talk to adults like that. But mm -hmm. the same way that men take advantage of women is the same way that men and women take advantage of kids. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't. Men don't see women, and parents don't see children. Yeah, I agree. We we joked, and it's and I want everybody to understand this. Instagram, you know, even us in here in this room, I was joking with you earlier, Dexter, and maybe you you seen it or already knew. There's so much content that we can we can stem yeah. from. Oh my God. Like it's yeah. crazy, yeah. David. Yeah. It's like I gotta get you this book, bro. It's so yeah. many yeah. discussions. Like it's crazy. Um, but 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 to keep us on track and move forward. And of course, if anybody has any questions, put them in the comments. You know, y'all interrupt me whenever y'all need to. I'm just trying to make us flow. Yeah. Um, but but the next thing is when he went into jail that first night is one thing um but he started and, and david you talked about this earlier um and i forget it's, it's it's fleeing me of what you said exactly but it reminded me of his story um he started having to put on that front right wasn't a street kid at all you know he's getting locked up with the rapists and murderers uh, people that have done some of the worst things in in the whole state uh, and so he had to put on this facade and uh he chose to go in front of the judge and <laughs> I don't care, you know, showing no remorse, but have remorse in his heart. But he had to be tough. He had to be hard. He had to show front. 
And um, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah. What what happened with that um, situation? That that happened because when I first um got locked up the first night, you know, they had me um in my own holding tank. And then when I had to go to court, they had me in um a prep tank that basically was full of um inmates. And many of these inmates had um been locked up for a long time. And you're talking second and third generation like California gangsters, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like young. I mean, and for me being in that holding tank and me being a lot bigger, even at 12, then a lot of those folks in there were checking me like right off the bat, like, yo, where you from? Like, 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 what's that you claim? Well, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This type of stuff. And I didn't know that type of language. Yeah, like, I'm trying to give away little Debbie snacks and buy friends. <laughs> yeah, and buy friends. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Was, you about to be a snack and stuff. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that type of situation. And, and, and now, um, whenever I went into the courtroom, there was probably like um, 12 inmates that they bring in. You know that they have sitting like in the court. And so, to me, automatically it was like, oh. If I come in here and I start crying, if I come in here, then when I get back out, you know what I'm saying, into the pod, then that word is going to go around. Like, oh, he didn't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah he weak. Like, so I went in there right off the back with an attitude. And so when the judge says, Mr. Powell, are you aware, you know, of, of what you've done and what I could do to you right now? Then my reaction is, I don't care. You know, just so. And my mother started crying. Um, like, like well, well, first she said, DJ. You know, like, 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 like that. And they told her, like, you can't have no outbursts in court. And then she just started, like, bawling, crying because she was like, where does come how, from? How can you sit Who is up this here? Kid? How can you sit up here and talk to this judge like that who's telling you you to be locked up until your 20s and you're 12 years old and you're willing to throw everything away right now? And um and at this point you were still willing to you 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 wasn't thinking and this is why it's so important guy man listen when i tell you this book is a guide man i mean because it covers so many issues man and in, in, in the end you realize it was your fault it was your decisions it was your 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 choice to make those decisions which is why mental health is so important you know um and helping people understand that um and definitely for me, um, just reading as a psychologist and also working with the youth, just reading it was like it gave me more insight to some of the, the young men I've worked with over the years that you do wonder, like, why do you, you know, why do you keep doing things that get you in this kind of, you know, situation and just reading, you know, you know, the process that you went through and all, you know, all trying to save face, trying to, you know, trying to figure out how do you navigate this new situation and it may not have been the right choice, but that's all you knew at that time. So. It really, you know, just reading really gave me insight. And I'm glad that you are giving these books out because I do think that for, you know, young black males coming up and young black women coming up, that it's good to look at, you know, like I think you said earlier in the show, like you don't have to necessarily have to learn it yourself, mm -hmm. learn it vicariously through mm -hmm. someone else who mm -hmm. made those mistakes, but you won't make those same choices. Which is my goal. If I think the ultimate goal is if we could learn from other people's mistakes, learn from other people's stories, the world would be a totally different place. But unfortunately, we all have to go through life the way we have to go through life and learn things the way we have to learn things. Um, but man, if there was a way to just, for you to tell that story to a young kid that's on the exact same path, you tell him and he's like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Mm -hmm. He'd be safe, exactly. but more than likely that's not gonna happen. You know, it'll help him, hopefully it'll be 
playing in the back of his head, like the guy, Mr. Brian, mm-hmm. you know, you, you went back and remember his, his uh, teachings and his thoughts to you. And so, you know, it helps you propel forward. Um, I'll, yeah. say, I'll say one of the things, um, you know, about this journey that I've been on, even since I made that initial decision, you know, mm-hmm. at 12, has been um, one season after next of self-discovery, of understanding um, that I'm a fractured individual, mm-hmm. but in my fractures that there's something in there, you know what I mean? Because I've been um, in mental hospitals, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've been um, at a point where I've been to a, um, a psychiatrist and they dumped on me tons and tons of pills that mm-hmm. left me, you know, unable mm-hmm. to function, um, unable, but in, but then called me crazy with um, um, on the back end of my dysfunction because of that which you're giving me, yeah, mm-hmm. um, telling me to open up and go for help, but then when I go for help, there was no services available for me, yeah. and so I felt like, um, you know, when I think about the fact that I was kicked out of every school that I was ever in, that I was bullied so bad that I was, I, I hated myself. Mm-hmm. I hated, I hated living the majority through my teens and I carried that into my adulthood. Yeah. I functioned in dysfunction as a 18 year old crack addict, as um, somebody who was um, at 18 years old, 430 pounds, eventually made it to 504 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, at 21 years old, I, I could not go outside without feeling like the world is laughing at me, that, that, that there is no, like, Dex, you have to die. You must die. The only way that you're going to ever be free is if you die. die because the pain, and, and, and so I've lived year in and year out with these cycles and cycles of death trying to take me out. And it, and, and it has only been... Um, you know, within the the since February 2020, and in this journey that I'm on, that I begin to find that I had to go through all of these things. I had to make that decision at 12. I had to be bullied like I was. I had to um, um, be so low um, and, and have such low self-esteem. So now, when I look at the kid that is broken, I identify it. I see it immediately. I have the ability to speak and, and, and use with the empathetic approach of how can we build this person up. And I would have never had that, you know, if I was still wallowing in my brokenness and what they told me I was, yeah. who they told me I was, who yeah. they told me I could be, who, 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 I, would, who I would be, yeah. which was a failure, which was dumb, stupid, retarded, crazy. If there was a way for you to... Um, and you probably can't do it briefly, but my question is, you know, with you making a decision at that young age, right? You you had to face consequences. Mm-hmm. You had to go into the system. What would you speak, or what would you say to the person that could, or the people that can make um, changes about how they treat our kids? Because they're trying to correct you. They're kind of trying to um um forget the word I'm trying to uh, say, but they're trying to uh, rebuild you and stuff like that. The way they go about doing it, what would you speak to them? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say don't be so quick to trash them. Um, I, I think that, you know, when we look at the whole like school to prison pipeline 
and how so many kids are being funneled directly, you know, from the classroom directly into um, these institutions and being able to, to say, how can we set up uh, better parameters that are our safety nets? You know what I'm saying? Because we're not dealing in love for one. We're, we're, we're focusing on um, operating out of our own brokenness and out of our own hurts. Yeah. So if you if you're an authority figure and you're suffering already and you're at your edge and you're depressed and you're taking on so much um, hurt that nobody is aware of, the moment that you're in a position to deal with a child that needs healing, you're not really in a place yourself to be able to mm-hmm. offer that. Mm-hmm. I can't give you what I don't have. Can't pour from yeah, empty cup. You know what I'm saying? If, mm-hmm. if, if, if love is not existing in my heart, then you can't expect for me to pour love into you. I can't see that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, David, you got anything, man? I'm going to take you on mute. You got anything, brother? I, 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 I like that. Um, I like that. Uh, man, everything about it, man. I really appreciate this too, brother. Um, cause, because uh, part of what's missing, and this is from us, myself included, is a massive level of vulnerability is necessary for growth. And I find um, black men specifically are, uh, I'm not even going to say don't know how to do it. I'm going to say disinterested. Mm-hmm. Um, I find them to, it's almost like it's stuff for white people. It's stuff for girls. It's like, they just kind of take that over there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but to get where we need to be, um, which if, you know, if I'm evaluating the black community and I have any critique, I have to go to the head of it. Men call themselves the head of it. So I got to say that it looked like men need to improve. So like to get where we need to be, it's going to take like a massive level of, you know, self-reflection and, and, and definitely yeah. growth. But the, the path to that is vulnerability. Like the path is, uh, I, I often uh, tell people, um, you can lie to me. I don't mind. Um, because lying is something that is a defense mechanism. I get it. Um, mm-hmm. I wish you wouldn't, but I, I get it. But the, the, the real detriment is when you start lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Real detriment is when you start to kind of fix your mind in a way where you start to believe it. Now, you knew it was BS in the beginning, but the fact that you are starting to intentionally make yourself delusional is is a different feat in in within itself. Like when we talk about the psyche of a man, when when you because some people are in denial. Uh, I believe we had a conversation and I told you guys about um, when I used to do some work. Um, with uh, people who were diagnosed with AIDS, and mm-hmm. the dude came in there and he was like, "I don't got that. Like, I don't. You must got the wrong blood work. You must got the. You yeah. know, what I'm saying? I don't got that. Denial is 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 part of it, but it but but denial. People who live in denial are not necessarily delusional. Yeah, like they. It's a thin line, and we're not splitting hairs. But they're not necessarily delusional. They they don't want to believe." this part of their reality but they're not necessarily delusional to believe in a lie that is an amazing psychological feat um and it is what a lot of black men have done because it's it's either that or it's vulnerability like i because i because i have to i have to solve the problem of of this uh cognitive dissonance um what i think and for those of us that don't know understand cognitive dissonance Cognitive dissonance is what what I think in my reality does not measure up. 
Um, so we for instance, and you have to solve it, and we always will. So, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite examples of it is uh, for men who are in the streets and they miss a lot of things like uh, funerals, oh, anniversaries, um, celebrations, they miss a lot of different things, and they say time is money, and then they go to jail and they get 20 years. Now, this is this creates cognitive dissonance because if time is money and I'm in jail, I'm wasting money. So I cannot I I have to solve it. I either have to change what I think or I have to change my reality. If I'm in jail, I probably can't change my reality. So now I have to change what I think. So I start telling young people how much time you got. Maybe like five years, six years. Oh, you ain't did no time. This is from the same man who used to say time is money. Now I'm saying. Oh, all you got is six years. All you did is 10 years. Now I make time be something else. Now I'm valuing time that you give back to the government as th- that is what's significant. This is how you solve that cognitive dissonance. Black men have been lying to themselves and, and living in a space of delusion because we refuse to be vulnerable. This is one of the reasons that I salute what it is that you're doing, because this this is a massive step for us as uh, not only a gender, but as a people. You know what I'm saying? People use this yeah yeah absolutely and if you read the story he's very vulnerable talking about how he Man. feels and and that's very hard like he's very like his wife says transparent in what he's going through and how he, he's not you know he's not missing words he's been straight up honest you know of his fears you know jealousy is not making sense you know all of that and that's very hard for anyone to be that vulnerable to say the mistakes i've made yeah. and um, and being straight up honest about it. Some people talk about their mistakes, but they don't actually put themselves in it. They'll just say, I did this, I did that. But he's owning his emotions and feelings at that time that he's making these choices. Yeah. And again, I, I just think he is the key, um, a huge, huge part of the solution, um, if not the solution. And, and I'm just being honest in that statement um, because the more we can get the story out, because I was saying earlier, it's your true story, mm-hmm. but it's the story of, of Black mm-hmm. America. And I'm not even saying, you know, and, and beyond Black America, mm-hmm. we talked about mm-hmm. that. You know, you have white people reading, you know, people mm-hmm. of different ethnicities that have went through this. Mm-hmm. So I want to cover this part, and if I'm leaving anything out, because I want people to understand all the addictions you've had, all the mistakes you've had, all the different stories you've had in this one book, in this one body, in this one mind, and you are overcoming and becoming. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, start off with uh, being bullied in school, you know, um, girls not liking you. Um, then it became uh, you were obese. You know, you had the food addiction. You know, you were addicted to, to stealing from the stores, getting food. Um, you were, I'll say, addicted to not wanting the authority, you know, um, constantly making these bad decisions over and over again. Um, you know, then you, you, you and I want to talk about that moment because I like to share that part because that's another topic as far as mental health. When you were in front of, when they called you back, he, he got to a group home, got to a point where food became his savior or, or, or saving grace because yeah. he cooked so good, he was able to be the kitchen boy, you know, in the house. And they was they uh, unanimously, uh, unanimously decided he could just keep his chores in the kitchen. So that was amazing. And, for and I love that part because that, 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 <laughs> yeah. that is what I try to help parents finding their children. What is their strength? What is their purpose? Even at this age, because when you find that strength, that's what keeps you going. We wrote that part. You can, I can even, the tone was different. We talked about being 
you know, the cook and everybody mm-hmm. liked your food. Just the way you, you know, you could tell the vibe was different. You yeah. felt confident. You yeah. felt happy. You felt something. You felt something. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so yeah. that allowed him to go through the four-step process. Mm-hmm. You excelled through that, mm-hmm. right? So the one thing you didn't, I don't want to say you didn't because I, I, you know, I was reading so much. I don't think you expounded, I would say, on how good that made you feel. You know what I'm saying? Because that's mm-hmm. a beat within itself. You know, and you you described it a little bit, but I, I guess I was looking for more. That's my own personal no, opinion. I, I, you know, yeah, you just talked about how you were finally able to do something that you love, mm-hmm. that made people love it, and they wanted it, so you excelled through that four-step process. You were able, And then it goes back to the young man with the jerry curl, mm-hmm. walking down the hall, that was the first person that showed you love, and you're like, dang. Everybody's been hollering at me mm-hmm. and all this stuff in my he's face, singing, in my he's face. Singing happy he's singing the happy song. You know, you know, part of that is the 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 reidentification. Um, uh, this is why I think our great men are created during separation. Um, I think you have to get away from your space of origin for a period of time, whether it's uh, the part of Jesus from 12 to 32 that we not sure what happened, whether it's Moses 40 days and 40 nights. Like I think that all great men like need a space to get away because what that allows him to do specifically is whoever I was, they don't know. Mm -hmm. I am creating a new identity. I'm no longer the bad kid, especially in the context amongst bad kids. I'm no longer the bad kid. Like we need another identifier. Now I'm the one who can cook good. Yeah. Now I'm the one who know how to season the meat. Now I'm like, I'm a nutritionist now. Like, like, because I am reading and it does something different to me. I'm not known for uh, getting at the teacher or cussing, cussing at a teacher. I'm not known for walking out of class. I'm not known for Mm -hmm. making jokes or you know trying to fight people now i'm known for like something that some could say is a positive thing now like i'm now i'm a real like uh uh uh, contributor to the community in in a way that's advantageous for everybody this does something different for me like again to appreciate that nobody wakes up to be in trouble uh i heard a comedian uh godfrey he say nobody wakes up to suck and I agree with that, like mm-hmm. especially kids, like nobody wakes up to suck. So for people mm-hmm. to then start seeing a version of me that I can be proud of, that ain't going to make me hate myself, that's going to that now I get to look me in the mirror and I'm comfortable with what I'm starting to see now. You know what I'm saying? Like this, mm-hmm. this is a big transition because of that third piece of Maslow, because yeah. of that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. I don't I I they see me in a way that I don't have to be who I was. And and again, I want to appreciate the sense of belonging is strong because it'll make me tell a judge in front of my mama who know I know better something that I don't <laughs> Yeah. And I have to belong. So yeah. like the fact that now I belong to a similar group, but the, but but the but the but the features and facets of this group is different because we live together. It's not a snapshot like in the courtroom. Like we we stay together, we we commune together. So like this group, they they're gonna have to accept me a little bit more holistically, you know, as opposed to oh that's the one who went off on the judge. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I can't maintain that. I'm gonna disagree with that sometimes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, that's. And, and, and here's the crazy part. And, and again, guys, you know, I'm trying to keep us on track. Um, hopefully people stay tuned in. I hope you got time. You might go past eight. I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, you're going through all these different things and then you, you, you're presented with the opportunity. You completed the steps. You're presented with the opportunity to go home. 
You go home. I think you went home and they called you back, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah, they called me. I went home um, probably for about um, close to a year because they wanted to see, like, you know, if I was able to go home and Maintain. complete, uh, go into school and everything and how I was going to do because I was still under um, um, strict probation and everything. Yeah, that's right. You did say that. Um, yeah. And so, like, going back in, I had, it, it was so crazy because now, um, my mother and Mr. Bell were married, and he was a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> when I got back home, I ended up going to the same school that he was teaching at, and uh, he was my um, ninth grade science teacher. Wow! Like, and that was the worst. Right. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, that was the worst for me. Um, going in there and seeing him and knowing everybody, knowing like, oh, that's your dad. Like, he's yeah. gonna be on. Oh, yeah. he's gonna. Oh, um. And I, I, I think that during um, that time right there, I did have a successful year. Mm -hmm. And so they invited me to come back to the annual camp. And at the camp, they were like, yeah, we want you to come and be a speaker. And it's like, yo, I'm, I'm 16 um, years old and I'm this big kid that already is back. You're still now, 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 now I'm in, in, in high school and the level of um stuff that people were saying to me was a lot different you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like, like 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 in elementary school and they're really school going whatever. in yeah they're going in man um and so i had to balance now my reactions um based on the restrictions that were being held over me because i was constantly being reminded by probation department that if you go out here and you get in a fight you steal something from a store, you do something, then we're putting you right back into your original plan, which is for you to go to California Youth Authority. And um, so I wrestled with going back only because I was scared, um, mainly because of my size, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because always, that was always like my biggest thing. Like, get oh, in front of people yeah, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to be standing in front of people because once they say, once I hear somebody say, Oh, there goes fat something, you know what I'm saying? And that destroys everything yeah. within me. Yeah. And um, but my mother, she was like, Man, like you should go. Like they're yeah. inviting you. They're, they're At the same time, it's an excellent thing that they're doing for you. Yeah, you know, show. showing you respect. Yeah. You know, and so I did. I went back and um it's it's so crazy. Like 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 when I think about now and I think about that moment and how I wrote that like into the book about me standing there and trying you know looking at all these faces and and trying to figure out like what 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 to say yeah. and the only thing in that moment that came you know back to me is brian's words which was young king arise and take your stand yeah and so to think that you know all those years later yeah that uh oh man that's that good. resonated yeah, like, yeah all those years later the, that 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 seed of hope that he implanted in me. Look, I told you all the stuff that I've gone through. That was after the seed. Yeah. The seed was still growing. Yeah. The seed was still growing in my destruction, in my dysfunction, in my bad decisions, and all of those things. I, I would have never um, believed. You know what I'm saying? If you showed me a snapshot four years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago and said, oh, if you could just make it to this year here, you know, you'll be able to finally realize that there's purpose for you. And I would say, no, you don't understand my pain today. I, I'm not, 
I, I can't take this pain into next week. Yeah. What do you mean 20 years from now I'll find my purpose? What do you mean all oh, this is going to finally work out for me one day? Those are things that we speak of. Those are things that are easy. You know what I'm saying? That's the easy work. Oh, yeah, it's going to work out. It's going to. But when I'm in pain today, unfortunately, the, as, as we're sitting here communicating and trying to figure out how to properly address these issues, there's somebody right now that oh, is yeah. popping pills and some events in their head that is searching. Um, I thought it was very vital, you know, with this book to add this resource page. Yeah. And I like that you did that. You know, yeah. and and and, and, where to go. and the resource page I put the number for the National Suicide Prevention Line. I put a, a, a crisis number for NAMI, you know, for mental illness to be able to pay me up and be able to say, look, I need somebody to talk to. I need help. Um, the, the the number for the domestic violence um, um, hotline, it, it, it's in here. The National Sexual Assault Hotline, the number, it's in here. Why? Because I never wanted somebody to look at this and say, oh, like he, 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 um, um, he, he got this book and he's just putting this book out there. Like, no, this is not just a book. I look at this as a manual, a life guide. I don't know who's going to get this. I don't know. Um, um, but the one person, one lady had already told me like that her, her kid used the, the number, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, the, the suicide number. Yeah, I mean, so, so that right there alone, um, tells me that, okay, this here has value. It has, uh, the, 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 there's something on the inside of this based on, um, my journey. And the crazy part about this is. This is only literally ten percent of 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 my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's crazy. Life. I mean, this is only a hundred. This is a hundred quick pages. And this, and this, this is the thing. And that's what I was trying to get through. Is is that the story didn't end there? Like he 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 goes and speaks in front of the crowd as a teenager. Goes home. Goes back to life, doing well. And then he goes back. Uh, what do you call it? Relapse. Mm -hmm. um, decides he can no longer take the authority in the home. He wants to move out. And then within a matter of 48 hours, yeah. you were addicted to crack mm -hmm. because you met these people. They told you to move with them. And I, I'm just going to move forward just for the sake of time. Um, you know, and you move in with them and within 48 hours, you're addicted to crack. You know, um, um, and you go through that story, you know, uh, then you have the gastric bypass, uh, bypass. Yeah, bypass you, yeah. you have to lose the weight. Um, then you're addicted to opioids, you know, um, you, you're still battling all the way into your thirties. Yeah. Then you find out, you know, things are looking good. Then you got cancer. Yeah, that was, that, that was early on. I got cancer diagnosed at 23. Oh, at 23. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As soon as I had the gastric bypass surgery, I started losing, um, the weight. I moved from Vegas to Michigan. I uh, got married. I felt like I had this brand new lease on life. Mm -hmm. And literally nine months after we got married, I was diagnosed with um, the cancer stage yeah. three. And I want to say this, man. Um, shouts out to Miss Powell. I mean, because, you know, there was a point when you were you you were, you know, like you say, you were begging old ladies for um, the opioids. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then you got to a point where you were back on crack and you had sold everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to go and tell your wife. I, just, I sold everything, you know. So for her and her mental health, you oh, know, exactly. to that, be the soldier that she's been for you, yeah. going back to this relationship thing that we started this conversation off with, 
hats off to you too, sister, because um, you, she's done a part. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she's she definitely, definitely done a part, and we don't know the whole story, but she's done her part from, from my standpoint. Um, but man, it, it, it's crazy. My mom's saying it's like a movie. There needs to be a part two, three. Exactly. We, you know, and again, we could just go on and on and on with this conversation. But for me, my goal today was to present an individual, a person in a body that not only has went through some extreme things. Um, glad I met you, bro, for real. Um, you know, and, 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 and so my, my mom also asked, and for anybody else who's asking how to get a book, hit them up. You see the information, um, you know, you can figure it out individually, but we're going to put together some some events where uh, we're going to do a book giveaway because this man is trying to give away a million copies in total, probably even more. And you said something earlier, you know, he doesn't have the books yet, mm -hmm. you know, um, and talk about that, you know, uh, and before you get, man, it's, it's so much oh, running in my head. We're going to, we're going to, the next step is God told him to, to move here. So he's moving by faith now. Mm -hmm. um, so the next thing we're going to do, we're going to go into the black store, which is the sunny side, south side of town where this story is prevalent amongst a lot of people. Um, the black store is, is strategically centered in the part of town where this message needs to be talked about, right? And they're doing so many things that that talk about stuff like mm -hmm. this, and it's the perfect community to do it in. So I'm saying right now, and hopefully Lloyd and, uh, um, uh, Lloyd and Randy hear this because they're gonna welcome me open arms. That's the black store I did yeah. the commercial on earlier. Yeah. Um, they're open to things like this. It's just a matter of figuring out when we can do it. So we're going to have a massive book giveaway when we get the, yeah. the funds and mm -hmm. figure that whole thing out. We're going to do a big deal over there. A few other places I know of. Um, we're going to go into the CUNY homes, get these, these kids books, because the other side of this thing is you're providing literacy. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You're, you're providing literacy, and it's going to be uh, helpful for mm -hmm. the whole family, the mm -hmm. whole person, and, and stuff like that. Um, and I do want to emphasize the fact that, um, and you know, like when we talked about, like you, you still had a lot of other things that you went through, mm -hmm. and that you still persevered, that mm -hmm. you're still resilient, because that's why I want people to get out of this. And I like the fact that you said that at this point in time I'm in pain. So you telling me about because I have patients like that. They're like, Doctor, you help me right now. Like, how are you gonna help me right now? And that is a hard thing because it is a process. I can't take away your pain like that, but I want to at least start that process mm -hmm. so you start feeling better. And your journey to all the different setbacks that you had couldn't make anyone say, what is the point? Mm -hmm. What is the point? Yeah. You keep putting me through this, what is the point? Yeah, absolutely. That's the question yeah. I have for you. What do you think was the point? Like, what made you say, this is the point? Um, everything that we, we talked about, my, my several suicide attempts. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I, tried that, that I tried to commit suicide several times. Um, I'm, I'm still... I'm still here. Um, um, I, I tried to purposely overdose. Um, there, there was times where I was overdrafting our accounts, and I knew that I was going to die that night. Like, I knew like, I, I had done so much drugs that I was going to die. And then I, I, I pass out, and then wake up, and they'd be like, oh, no, oh, no, I'm not yeah, here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, and, I, and I created all this devastation, yeah. and now i got to face this devastation, and now i got to go find, um, um, I can't I'm face the devastation head on, and so now i got to go out and try to find more resources in order to make me help me cope with everything that I've put yeah. in motion, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, when you talked about um, as far as the mission and the goal, 
to give away a million copies. I never um, wanted this book to be about, um, like, I didn't write this book, like, oh, I'm writing this book because now um, I'm going to make money, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. off of this book. And I, I, you wrote I, it on your phone. Yeah, I wrote it on my phone. I wanted this book to be able to um, be given away um, as a tool to be able to say, like, look, there's value, there's purpose because of my life. And in that right there, um, it's hard to get people, for one, um, to, to buy books. That's just period. Um, it's hard to sell books. And so it, for me, I feel that the impact is going to be greater by me saying um, I'm giving this message away. Now, I was already able, like I said, to, to give away 10,000 copies. That only happened because somebody saw me, because somebody saw something within the first 14 pages um, of, of this book and said, well, what do you need in order to be able to have more, to, to, to get this thing going? And I told them. And when I said it, it was done. And that put me in motion to be able to purchase 2,000 books. And when I tell you that, um, you know, David talks about like, like um, men having to get away. And, um, you know, when I wrote this book, February 2020, on February 1st, 2020, I started a fast. And I went on a fast with no food, just water and herbal tea. And I was unaware during that time what was going to happen to me because I had never fasted before. Mm. And by a few days in, I noticed that I began to change and I began to speak different things. You know, my five days of no eating, um, my, 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 my mindset was shifting. Um, by a, a week, you know, um, the, the words that I was speaking, my wife was like, hey, we're on all another level right now. Yeah. On day 10 is when I began to write this book. Um, my entire fast lasted for 29 days. So I went the entire month of February 2020 with no food. One of the things that also happened during that time, I just began to show me a lot of different things that were going to happen in my life. I began to tell some people, man, this is going to happen. He told me I'm going to do this. He told me I'm going to move to Texas. He told me all of these different things, and people called me crazy. They said, it doesn't happen like that. It, it, it doesn't, this does not work. You know what I'm saying? I was given everything of why it cannot be. And I was like, look, I, I see this thing so clearly. I, I see this. Part of my journey in February, um, God told me to leave um, um, Michigan with just the tools off my bed. And all of this stuff that I'm telling you is all recorded. It's all, it, 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 it's all on, on the internet. You know what I mean? Um, I left. She said, I call yeah. him crazy. Wife's like, oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> Put that up. She can attest to that statement. <laughs> I left it literally to go, you know, um, on my back. I had this this journal, this journal here, this other journal. I had my passport and my wallet with $60 in it. That was it. I left Michigan. I got on the plane to Georgia. I stayed in Georgia for three weeks. Having this transformation, I, I had nothing except a word to go to these different places. And people were telling me, I was going to churches. I look, I said, there's something happening in my life. Like, I'm, I'm, my life is changing. I'm evolving into something to do something great in the earth. I said, I'm not just saying these things. I said, if, if um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, you know, I said, they, they, they both died at 39. 
and, and and here I was, you know, coming into this age now, which I am of 39, and I felt that in their lives that there had to be some type of realization that there was something truly going to happen in the earth, that if there was something, like that, that there was going to be a movement, that there was going to be somebody that was able to walk through a door and to be able to present something in a way that could be able to produce change in the earth, that it was happening through me. And how could this happen to somebody that has a GED, that has um, um, that, 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 that has been kicked out of every school, that has been labeled mentally ill, that has been suicidal, that has been depressed, that has been obese, that has had kids, that has been doing all these different things that I'm able to never um, um, respond to. Why? Because I was calling for this. I was prepared for even when I didn't understand what I was being prepared for. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that's amazing, man. Um, you know, it, it's crazy, and it's so many messages <laughs> within this story, and, and I hope I hope this helped so many people. Um, and, and my mom says, won't he do it? Yes, he will. You know, <laughs> and it, it's all about that self-actualization, you know, and, and, and you're reaching or have reached and expounding, however you want to look at it. But I think you're approaching that level um, just in, in, in the things that we're talking about. So um, quickly, David, I want you to prepare something on the meditation. So, um, so look, part of, part of, um, and I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Um, but just to, cause I want to highlight something that you said earlier. Um, two things. First thing is, Forgiveness, like love, start on the inside. Um, I cannot love another if I don't love myself. Part of the human condition um, is as we seek for forgiveness from other people, we have a very difficult time forgiving ourselves. I can't believe I did that to my mom. I can't believe I did my sister like that. I can't believe I did my girlfriend, my baby. Like We have a very difficult time appreciating the humanity in us appreciating the error in us appreciating the, the 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 pitfalls and 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 when we don't meet you know ideal expectations um so part of that is the ability for you to forgive yourself now within that i'm also going to lean toward your your wife because i want to appreciate um when a person makes a commitment and that's fundamentally what I believe it is. Um, um, other people may say, foolish, why would you do that? This is dumb. You wasting your time. He ain't never going to change. I've been married to this lady 16 years. She's seen my worst and my best. You know what I'm saying? A, a lot of worse. Um, and she stayed. That's commitment. And, 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 and part, of, part of why I think that that's so phenomenal is because today in relationships, we don't have that. We are we are committed to self. Relationships demand love. L love is sacrificial. Mm -hmm. Unconditional love. It, it is it is sacrificial in, from the sense of I am giving of myself without the expectation of anything coming back. It is sacrificial. Like the um um the 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 best of it is when you see a lady take care of a kid. It's sacrificial. Yeah. This kid may end up cussing me out at 12. This kid may end up doing something crazy at 15. This kid, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's it's sacrificial. I must. I, I want to yeah. see this kid do do the best, even if it means that I, I, I dwindle down to my worst. And people who have a commitment to love like that, 
they're almost a lost people. Like they almost are like a small right there on the screen. The <laughs> that, that is what I want. You know, well, yeah. well, you know, and and not even just divorce not being an option because people stay together and they suck. You know, I just want to appreciate yeah, that. Too. Yeah. 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 But but when you're making an option, it becomes, it becomes an escape. An you know what I'm saying? It, it just should be an option. Yeah. But anyway, because, go ahead. Some people, some people don't have it to be an option because of religious or traditional reasons. Mm -hmm. But the marriage sucks. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I, I really don't even when I when I talk to some of my friends, I don't even highlight the 52% of people uh, of marriages that end up in divorce. I talk about the 48% of married, and I question. Mm -hmm. How many of those are on the path to divorce? How many of those are happy? Like, we don't got to talk about the majority of people who don't end up together. We can talk about the people who seem to be okay. And I contend that they're not. So to find where love really exists, again, this man is addicted to this. He's addicted to that. He sold this. He sold that. He did our family like this. And I stayed with him because I took my commitment serious. Like, part of it is he have a journey. Right. And he got to go through something that this man, uh, the spiritual enlightenment has allowed him to kind of see where this all uh, was a part of a bigger process that he didn't understand. This lady is not a subset of that. She has her own goal. She has her own journey. And hers was this part. Yeah. She now gets to experience marriage, bliss, love in a way that people they kill for. Yeah. 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 I have a man who's leading. I have I, we have a spiritual foundation. We have a history like like the fact that she put the work in that nobody want to do. Yeah. Everybody is pro give up. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not even saying it, with the situation being as dire as this. Like get fired from a job. Well, yeah, that's my point. Like that's my point. Like everybody got an excuse. Man, read this story and then tell me what you can't do. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. you know, that that's the yeah, other side of it. Like yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, it's like, man, we all got it. And myself included, like, we all got excuses, man. Um, And I promise you, this has helped me throw away any excuse that I could use because by no way can my life measure to the obstacles that you've been through. That don't diminish my life and my experience exactly. and stuff like that. It's just the idea of mental health is what I'm talking about. The the traumatization that you dealt with, you know, and, and keep going and you were purposely trying to, you know, just destroy yourself. You know what I'm saying? And it goes back to, again, you made these choices. But again, we are past eight, so I'm just trying to be respectful of everybody's time. Dr. Pete, think about your tips. David, think about um, think about what you want to do with the uh, meditation. I'm ready. I, ready. Yeah. ready. Yeah. Give me one second. Um, but you have these things called King Highlight. And this time, this is the one I wanted to cover earlier, but it's keys, it's nine keys to young king living. And like I said earlier, because of course we have women keyed in, um, when I saw king, I thought about kings and queens. Mm -hmm. So I think this relates to young women. Um, I have daughters, I have sons. So I think this uh, uh, is appropriate for either gender. So, you know, for our ladies that are listening, um, young king also means young queen because you guys battle with things too. So the nine keys to young king living. Number one, remember you have a legacy on the line. Number two, always remain respectful towards humanity. Number three, focus your energy on what matters. Number four, don't react to people who are trying to devalue you. Number five, build your character daily. 
Number six, show love with words and action. Number seven, be the change in the room. Number eight, learn something new every day. Number nine, walk with your head up. You know, and if we focus on those things, man, you know, it, it, it's a start to something amazing. And um, I just can't express how appreciative I am to just know yeah. you now, you know, and to be able to have this impact my life and structure some things that I've been wanting to do, gonna do, you know, and all that. Um, and 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 I like I told you earlier, I just want to say it again: you're a wonderful person, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, your 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 spirit shines through. Um, this was not in vain. You know, and God bless you for holding on. You know what I'm saying? And and then, you know, I don't even know if you can take the credit for that because God just like He ain't God going nowhere. Ain't going you, nowhere. You, you ain't gonna go nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So you know, man, hats off to you on that. So, um, do you have anything that you want to share with the people? Yeah, um, it, it's this whole mental health journey. It's a constant um, battle. Like, like, period, just as a black man of, of trying to um, reach purpose when um, purpose brings, like, you into a level of judgment. <laughs> and so, so, so meaning, and so oftentimes many of us are scared to um, perform, are scared to produce and scared to walk into the very thing that you know within down deep down that you are called to do you don't pursue it because of of fear you don't pursue it because of your mind and even now even now after going through you know what i'm saying the 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 fast and the faith journey and the um the discovery of of myself a lot of my fracturedness is um, more apparent now. Like I, I, I mm -hmm. see it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I recognize it. And and so at this point in my life, even um, as I'm growing this message, is like, look, I've made several mistakes. I, I, we all dropped the ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as I'm preaching the message of make your next decision your best decision, it's something as um, that me. Every day now, I have to say, okay, Dex, how are we living? How yeah. are we shifting our our, yeah. our mindset? Am I caring for myself? Am I looking at myself um, out of a broken heart? You see what I'm saying? Because in my mind, and this is another thing, if, even with the whole gastric bypass and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I lived at 500 pounds, um, sad, miserable with my existence. Um, I've now, okay, total, I think I've lost 310 pounds. Um, but now I take my clothes off. I don't like to look at myself in the mirror. Why? Because I have extra skin and why? And so, so now you're in this constant battle still. Like you're yourself. still not liking yourself. Yeah. And within that dislike of self, you can find yourself, how do I find, what, what, what can I do to bring me comfort? Yeah. What can I do yeah. to find still that validation that I'm seeking? Something else. Um, you know, like you said, my dad is here. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't really grow up with my dad and, and him teaching me things or like, like, and so since I've moved to Texas, he's had an opportunity, you know, to come to my house and to, um, you know, we're putting my um, kitchen table and furniture like together. And he's like, oh, son, you know, you do it this way and, and, and do it that way or whatever. And um, 
you know, just for him to, to here at 39 years old, teaching me stuff, you know what I'm saying, that, 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 that's brand new, um, you know, to me. And, um, <laughs> you know, bring that into the shot. Um, 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 and, and then, and then at the same time, you know, I didn't realize the holes within my own self as a man, even, you know what I'm saying, with my own 20 year old daughter that like I, I did something the other day. I, I put a, a picture up, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or a license plate on the car, or whatever it was. And I, I was so happy, you know what I'm saying, to call my dad. Dad, man, guess what, yeah. man? <laughs> yeah, I know you was available to come over here, but I got my picture up on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I got to take it. You know, and, yeah. and, oh, man, I knew you had like, yeah. like, and I'm like, dang, like, I'm calling them seeking like validation yeah. before, like like you know what I'm saying on, on this type of stuff and it, it, it was showing me something you know that, that I was still missing so a part of me. but then it took me back to how many of us as men are still longing and suffering from that father shaped hole you know in your heart and you find yourself reaching out trying to fill it with whatever you can yeah yeah and I tell you that and we won't get into that, but yeah. rebuilding my relationship with my dad is a huge part, you know, and, and when you're missing something, you're missing something, and there's nothing you can do about it until you can go on the journey to at least try to fix it, you know, mm -hmm. and so I commend both you guys, dad, I commend mm -hmm. you for, for you know, uh, creating this young man, you know, and I'm sure, again, there's more content in a, in a, in a conversation between you two guys, but um, thank you, and God bless both of you guys. Um, Come here showing support. Yeah, being supportive, you know, he was at the show earlier this morning. Um, and you just spoke to it, but I want to highlight it because it, it, it speaks to the question I posed to you at the end of our conversation earlier on the show this morning. What do you have to say to the naysayers, to the to the haters, the, to the people that are waiting on you to fail, to the people that are saying, you know, uh, he ain't even 40 yet. He just got on track in his mid 30s. You know, he going to fail. Wait a few years. You know, he always looking for something, the addictive personality. It ain't, you know, mm -hmm. what do you have to say to those people? And you already said it. You know, and I'll let you just answer yeah, the question. Yeah, I, I don't I, know if it's going to be the same. It's going to add to it. Probably is yeah. mom, but, but, but I can't live yet. I can't, I can't live in that space. I can't live in the headspace of, of what if, what are they saying, you know, because that's where I've lived for all my life. Right. My whole life has been based on what are others saying? What are they thinking? Um, what are they projecting on me? And so if I deal in their projections, then I'm only dealing in the spirit of failure. Yeah. Because I'm only placing on me that which has already been put out there. And so um, have I dropped the ball? Yes. Have I made mistakes? Will I make mistakes? Yes. Yeah. Like, like period. You know yeah. what I mean? We all do. I'm not sitting up here telling you, um, oh, I wrote this book and I'm 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 the dude and I'm the, like like no I'm learning how to be a man yeah. I'm learning how to 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 um, be a husband I'm learning how to be a father to a 20 year old who I missed 18 years of her life because I was out in the streets I really didn't get a moment to just chill you know what I'm saying with my daughter and to have moments um, um, that we could go back and and remember I'm just now building something with her now but it's only because I not been able to see her yeah. for years, but I have not been able to see myself. I have not been able to see really anything, yeah. you know, and I think that right now it's just me um, realizing that people are going to talk. Mm -hmm. People are always going to have opinions. Always. People are always going to put their statements as far as with what they think, how they think you should be operating, what you should be doing, yeah. who you should be working yeah. with, all of those things. 
But what matters for me right now is what does God say? Who does what did God who did God show me I was? Um, and how does He plan on fulfilling His assignment in the earth through me? Yeah. Like period. Like like like, 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 like that's it. That's yeah. all I that, that, that's all I have. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, that's it. Yeah. Man, that's that's deep, man. Um, so go ahead. And, I'm sorry. I, I was gonna say this. They're right. If people say, because to, to come in on the naysayers, you're going to fail, you ain't going to make it. They are right. They are right. See, this See, this is what trauma does, too. Trauma makes you not appreciate the sun of your day. Every 24 hours got a sun in the night. Trauma makes you pay hyper attention to the night. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what we won't do in the future, because we are aware that every 24 hours come with a day and a night, we won't act like failure is not inevitable. We will do a version of failing. They are right and they are absolutely wrong because to people who understand failure as falling off, they don't see it as successful people. Successful people see failure as step two. This is step step seven. So they are right. And this this is this is one of the ways that I don't have to create a cognitive dissonance thing. No, you're right. Um, whatever you say I am, I am because I am everything. So like you you ultimately will be right. Uh oh, you I can't believe you ain't seen your daughter. Or, you know, you're right. I'm, I mean, because mm-hmm. I'm also a father too. So it, it, I it was a time when I wasn't the ideal father. Now I'm 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 improving. And like you say, you are improving every day. Like I'm, I'm also a husband too. It was a time when I was not the ideal husband. I, I may not be the ideal husband in three weeks, and three weeks does not tell my whole story. So, like, regardless, almost like you said, regardless of what they say, I can't really focus on it because, yeah, you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. it don't do me no good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To focus on it. Yeah. It take me back to that conversation we had at one point. It just reminded me. You know, I was telling you about like. I've never been in that space, that mm-hmm. headspace of like worrying about people saying, I used to always tell my mother, I don't care what people say, you know, but, and, and she's like, you got to care. And, and our, our approach to it, I think is different, but this is more of what I'm talking about. You know, like, yeah. I don't care what nobody got to say. They're going to yeah. say what they got to say. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but I know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm capable of. And even if I don't get there, even if I don't do it, your decisions about me ain't going to move me one way or another, you know? And, and, and again, everybody don't have that. Right. But that's been, my thing. I ain't caring about what nobody say because if you do, it is just mm-hmm. track to just falling off. But Dr. And, P, go ahead. Yes. Everything everyone is saying is leading to my P tip of the day, which is why yeah, I was like, man, y'all are all just leading into <laughs> my tip of the day. Dr. P's tip of the day. I want you to look in the mirror and find something that you don't like about yourself and keep looking at it until you like it. Mm. Or at least accept it. Mm. Okay, whether it's something physical or whether it's something you can't touch or see. But you I know like that. Yeah, for real. I got to get back to people. Look in the mirror and pick something that you don't like about yourself and keep looking until you like it or accept it. One more time to the people on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> looking to, looking Instagram to the, laughing this whole time. Yeah, it did. It's it a did. trip. Hey, Instagram cuts off on every, every single week. This is the first week. We were convinced that, okay, we only got hours. Exactly, it's, still going. it's still going. <laughs> yes, I want you to look in the mirror and pick something that you do not like about yourself and keep looking until you like it or accept it, whether it's physical or something that can't be touched or seen, but you know it's about you, something about yourself that you do not like. 
Okay. Yeah. And if somebody can type that up in a comment, so I can put it up on the screen, and uh, we're gonna get into. Um, uh, okay. Appreciate it, wife. Man, I love Miss Powell. <laughs> she is on it. Doctor P of the uh, Doctor P tip of the week. Look in the mirror, find something you don't like, and keep looking until you like it. So we have come to the end of our show. Um, another segment that we do is uh, our meditation. And so, David, you can go ahead and take that away, brother. So um, the meditation we going to do today is with a bowl. This is my baby. Malia, you want to say hey? You want to say hi, baby? Okay. Hey. So, Everybody say hey to her. Hey. hey. How you doing, sweetheart? <laughs> this, is, this is a meditation bowl. And it comes with a stick that you use to make a noise. Um, this is one of the things that I recently started doing with my daughter every morning and every uh, night. Um, again, you meditate to pay more attention to actually reduce anxiety. It has uh, shown uh, scientifically been proven to have good results it relates, as it relates to mental health conditions. Um, and, you know, you just try to instill in the next generation that that you didn't have. You know, we all want them to be better than we are. Um, so today she is going to you going to help me. So today she is going to help me uh, model how this is done. Um, now, generally, you'll hear a noise. Can you guys hear this? So generally, you hear uh, you hit the um, the bowl. You can do a, a circle. You could do the tap with a certain pace to it. But essentially, what you're doing is. After you center yourself, and when, you, when we say center yourself, we're talking about getting into a posture that is comfortable to you. You're talking about centering yourself in the room. That means looking left, right, forward, and behind just to see where you're at physically as well as mentally. And after you center yourself and you start to hit the bowl, the, the goal is to focus on the sound. You will be able to hear that sound as it kind of fades off. And as far as long as you can, maintain that sound as it fades off as well. Again, we are trying to increase, uh, uh, we're trying to increase awareness. We're trying to increase attention. Um, and it also has some benefits as it relates to being mindful. So we will demonstrate this for about 60 seconds. If you guys are ready, center yourself. I'm going to take three breaths in. And blow out your mouth. Take another breath in and then blow out your mouth. Last breath in and then blow out your mouth. All right, eyes closed. And we are listening to the sound. All attention is on the sound. your mind drips off, bring it back to the sound of the bell. should be able to still hear it. 
And when you can no longer hear it, you may open your eyes. Okay. I hope this is official. You guys can get this on Amazon. Um, not pricey at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. David, thank you for that. We are labeling it the meditation moment right now until we come up with an official name for this segment. Uh, but we appreciate you, brother. You, you, you know, I was about to say you don't know how beneficial that is, but I think you do. Um, but you know, we definitely appreciate it, and um, you taking the time out to to come up with these different exercises each week. Um, and I just want to say this: I want everybody to do Dr. Peace because I'm going to ask. I'm even going to ask my co-host what did they do. Because when I give these tips, I actually want to destroy them because the more that you try them, you definitely feel better about who you are and your mental health. So I'm not just speaking in here. Yeah. So y'all Absolutely. Okay. And you you have someone who um has put a comment and I will put that back up right here. She said, Dr. P, let me see. Where is that? Yeah, but please don't yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going to work on this, Dr. P. He said <laughs> I want to work on it, so I'm gonna put that back up. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you, Miss James, somebody who watches from week to yeah. week. So we appreciate you tuning in today. Um, and I appreciate Instagram and that platform yeah. for still going on, David. It must be David, man. It must be not. Yes, it's working fine. It is still going, David. We still alive. Um, shout out to uh, Mr. Powell, both of you guys. Shout out to Mrs. Powell, y'all's family. Um, um, huge shout out to this story, man. Um, and I, I just thought it would be perfect. And to me, it has been a phenomenal show. I want to give both of you guys a, a chance to just speak on, um, because we're, we're trying to normalize mental health and wellness, you know what I'm saying? So what did this do for you, brother? Oh, man, it, it really just so much. It's um, a confirmation, really. It's a lot of the things that I spoke of, you know, over a year ago, and um, this was part of, like, my visualization, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's um, earlier Brie was saying that she says, oh, well, the reason that you speak in things like you do is she says because you spent so much time over the last year doing this in the mirror yeah and and when i would because she said oh who are you in the mirror talking to and i said i'm talking to oprah you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and she says oh well tell her i said hey and i said hey uh, um, my wife wanted just, just to say hey and so i'd only say hey oprah how are you today it's nice to meet you you know um it's been um a journey getting here to you, but I've been so excited about talking about oh, young kids take your stand with you. So when I get the calls, when I get an opportunity that says, hey, come join my podcast, come let's have a conversation, I welcome those opportunities. Yeah. Um, and now it's been so much bigger than that, man, because um, there's something that is inside of you all that immediately was identified within me that was like, yo, I was sent down here and connected immediately with these people immediately and i i before i got a texas driver's license before i got any of that stuff i was already in position with people that are like look you have a common um um message that that, that we're trying to bring in birth you know what i'm saying yeah. in these communities and we could utilize this message and and, and bring you a part of, of this journey that we're all on and, yeah. and that's what it's about it's about community yeah i can't do this alone you can't do this alone. Yeah. And, and and I have to give a huge shout out to my girl Raven oh, yeah. Raven Rose, Brown Sugar Cafe and Books. Um that's where we met the community, the block, the block party, party event. Um I met her, I met her because 
the, the night before I met her, um, which was two days before the event, I had some furniture delivered to my house and I gave the guy my book. Type name, man. Um, I gave the guy my book and he says, oh, I need to um, hook you up with um, a friend of mine who's opening up a bookstore. And then he calls her right there on the phone. Mm-hmm. So so immediately it, it, it was one thing that led to another. And now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. That that I thought it popped. Yeah. Just click on that. Just so, you know, it tags her and yeah, she sees it. Um, man, big shout out to her because, you know, she's bringing literacy and opening a black owned bookstore, mm-hmm. doing an amazing thing. And that's how we came together. And my point with that is like minded people doing like minded things yeah. um, and, 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 and coming together um, to a point that we're doing things like this. Mm-hmm. You just never know what these connections are going to do yeah. and cultivate those connections. So. Again, I appreciate you. Dad, you don't have to say anything, but I just want to give you an opportunity to speak if you'd like to. Well, you know, you know, coming here and listening to him for the last couple of days has been a real eye-opening experience for me. Uh, then I look back when he was younger and made me realize that some of that brokenness started with me. Mm. You know, um, and just, um, you know, just looking at, but, you know, over the years, I've come to realize because he had a younger brother. Mm-hmm. And some of the same things that I did with him, I hadn't did with his younger brother, you know, because, you know, you got that, you know, you know I'm a, from old school, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and it's helped me, you know, it's helped me, you yeah. know. You know, I mean, just right now, stuff, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, it is what it is. Right. You yeah. know, he's here now. You know, we spend a lot of time together. And just like he said, you know, I try to show him how to do things, things that I show my youngest son, mm-hmm. but I never, I never tell him. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but um, I'm proud of him and, uh, yeah. you know, and, you know, he knows I love him, you know. It's dope to see too, man. Like, that it, it, it's dope on so many levels. I won't get into it, but it's, it's just, it it's something that's missing from people that look like us and to see yeah. two men two fathers mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. from different eras um critique themselves like nobody's saying yeah. you did this or you did that like to be self-critical and like nah i could do this better or or mm-hmm. or if that time passed me i'm gonna teach my youth or the next generation how to do this better um like to see them investing um not just lip service but really investing and the things that they stand on now that's dope man like um i'm happy that y'all came i wish i could have met you gentlemen yeah, <laughs> and, uh, when i get back to houston it's definitely up we'll get together yeah, um, I, I i've enjoyed this as well too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yes yes absolutely we talked about the yip side she's talking about that yip side oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um man i'm getting emotional over here so i'm yeah. glad we're at the end of the show yeah. um <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Because, uh, bro, you just don't understand how, how, man. No, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a wonderful show, and, and this is so touching, right? And you know, right in time for holidays, which is about family at the end of the day for me. So, um, just want to thank everybody for staying tuned. The show went longer than we normally do, but it was such a good show. And I, you know, if you stayed tuned, yeah. And I'm glad and I'm grateful that you all did. And, we're going to continue this story. This is going to continue this talk. See you 
You guys go get the book, man. It's it's a great. I ain't read it. It's a great read, and and I can yeah. say that because I seen Sarah Palin give a book review on the book she hadn't read either. <laughs> it's a great read. Please go check it out. It's phenomenal. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, that is crazy. Absolutely. Hold it. You holding that book up? Uh, I'm gonna put that information back up again. I'm gonna put the graphic back up again. Um, and and the last thing I wanted to say, man, is that um, the important thing for me is everybody's in this social media deal, right? And everybody talks about how people don't pay attention and pay attention too long. You know, they they can't be fixed on a conversation. These conversations that we're having are so important. And you see the numbers, and, and we are on three different platforms. They're staying steady. Yep. People stayed they for this did. conversation. So to me, that's confirmation that mm -hmm. this is important, you know, and it's for the people who want to hear it. They're yeah, here, exactly. and they stayed here. So I appreciate that. That that's that's my takeaway for it. But um, man, Young King, take your stand. An amazing, amazing read. Uh, so really get with is. me. Get with my man Dexter Powell. Hit his Instagram. Uh, call his wife. She put her put her number up earlier. You know, this, this is what these books are for. Look, she's putting up more information, uh, man. And, uh, you know, you guys have a very, very happy holidays. Um, and you guys be cool. David, I appreciate you staying on and, and connecting with us. You out of town. Yes, we absolutely miss you being here. But, um, you know, it worked out exactly how it's supposed to work out, man. So, Young King, take your stand is what it's all about. Mental health and wellness is real. Um, and you guys keep striving to better it every day um, because we are our only competition, man. Don't worry about what people have to say. Work on you every day, and life will be much greater. So, that's all I have. Happy holidays. It is the Mind Matters Podcast Show. Catch us here next week on Thursdays and tune in each and every Thursday, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Oh, and lastly, as they say, hit that like. No. Smash that like and subscribe button right now. Like, subscribe, and share it. That's what you do right now. We appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Absolutely. Right. You can stop the live too over there if you don't mind. Thanks, you hit man. that X, I think, up at the